0: This is Envision Self-Healing podcast episode number seven. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated to helping you improve your eyesight and quality of
1: life by taking healing into your own hands. This week's topic is how resting and balancing your eyes can improve your eyesight. And the question this week comes from an email all the way from Europe, and
0: it's asking us how to overcome irritated and uh, red eyes from watching TV or using the computer. So Richard, how's the world of self-healing you treating you this week?
1: Well, it's been an interesting week for me. I've, uh, as you know, I've been working on my presbyopia Mm-hmm. And uh, I think last week I reported that I wanted to start bringing in my left eye more uh, as a way of helping my presbyopia. But so I think sounds painful. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think I finally hit. I've hit a crisis point in my in my vision improvement program. Okay. Some might say that's to do with the presbyopia. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I, I the presbyopia was getting better. Good. And. Um, That's all good, but I found myself unmotivated,
0: I have to say. I think you'll probably go along with 99% of all our listeners right now when you say that.
1: Yeah, and (laughs) and I think I picked presbyopia, and I'm happy to work on it still, Yeah, but it's not as important to me as I thought it was. You know, it's like, um, it's sort of embarrassing as a vision improvement specialist or or practitioner, whatever I am, whatever we are, Mm -hmm. that I should be able to knock off my presbyopia, and I, I could. Yeah. But I'm feeling like I want a bigger fish or a bigger... uh, To fry. Yeah, a bigger (laughs) fish to fry. And uh, I felt like I was ignoring the biggest issue in my life, which is my optic atrophy. Okay. So I think I'm going to keep going with the uh, presbyopia exercises, but sort of diminish them and really start focusing on the optic atrophy. Well, I remember when we first discussed this, and I think the
0: reason why we came to the conclusion to focus on the presbyopia... Is because if you can improve your presbyopia, then it's it's an easier thing to improve right. so that you can start seeing better and engaging right. um, the weaker parts of your vision a little bit more because you can see clearer.
1: All right. So here's, here's my real motivation. Okay. I want to drive a sports car. No, I, I want to <laughs> drive some sort of car. Okay. And being able to uh, read a little better. Mm-hmm. Which I know is good for me and all that. It just doesn't have the same motivation as a shiny new car. Uh-huh. That, but so. yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> what if
0: you were um, doing the convergence exercises with a sports car instead of
1: letters? That... Well, that, that yeah, that could work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe I should cross my eyes while driving my new car. <laughs> yeah, because that might improve <laughs> your. That driving. might improve my. <laughs> so
0: you're saying that um, improving your presbyopia wouldn't help.
1: You withdrawing? Hmm. I'm, I guess I am saying that. I don't think it would. Would it? It might a little bit. At least it would. In, in addressing my presbyopia, I would be, ah, yes, I would be dealing with the getting the lens more flexible, so maybe uh, fixating and accommodation would be easier. You're right in that respect. And also, it forces me to use both eyes, mm. uh, which is very important to clarity in my vision. And that's what I guess I discovered this week in using the uh, obstruction glasses, obstructing my dominant right eye, I do get more clarity and that helps me read better, but it also really helps me see in the distance better as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really a motivation issue. It's, it's
0: difficult because then the excuses start. Exactly. Popping out. But also, and this is what we try and uh, teach our clients as much as possible, is is your program is forever changing. True. What well, the eye exercises that you want to do can change with uh, your goals and maybe even your mood for that week. You know, maybe you know, maybe say for one week I don't, you know, I can't stand peripheral vision exercises anymore. Mm-hmm. That's never going to happen. Yeah, because <laughs> I see such improvement with it. But um, or you know, like you say, you might see that your goal actually is optic atrophy, and not presbyopia. Right. And I think the thing to do is just to keep tweaking. The program, which is why we recommend keeping things like the vision journals, mm-hmm. um, or just keeping your program somewhere in the house on a piece of paper, so you can go through and chop and change it. And I think as long as you're doing your exercises, I know myself. I mean, I um, I also c- could improve with my say myopia or with my astigmatism. But uh, like yourself, I'm choosing because I've, you know, got bigger fish to fry, which is uh, my RP. Right. And that to me at this point in time is more important. But I'm still doing the distance looking, because ex- it's all still helping the RP, right? Right. Um, but I'm trying to incorporate it into the peripheral vision stuff all, all at the same time. Right. So, um, but that's, that's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how you uh, get on this week and see if you can. Right. And then
1: in, in, so I'm, I'm doing more of the obstruction glasses to bring in my left eye and that actually will help the presbyopia as well. But, and it, it, the other reality is it's very hard to separate these things out. You know, like I have trouble reading part of it is presbyopia, but part of it is the optic atrophy. Part of it is the fact that I'm overusing my dominant right eye and not bringing Mm -hmm. my left eye all of these overlapping factors that go into reading uh, and this, the reverse is true that the factors that affect presbyopia affect my distance uh, and my ability to drive the car as you <laughs> say so it, it is all interrelated so anyway in, the, in the, my blog this week you'll see that I'm starting to do uh, an exercise that we don't put on the website at least at this point mm-hmm. which is stimulating with a flashing light oh, okay. my blind spots and focus on the optic
0: atrophy exactly yeah but you're still... I mean, you, you seem to have incorporated it so well into your lifestyle anyway, putting it the on perfume, the fridge. Beauty. Yeah, yeah so exactly. So, m- you know, maybe it's just the fact that you've incorporated so well now that instead of... It's not that you're not doing the exercises that you can now focus on yeah. something bigger and better. Good idea. Um, like idea. While still doing what you're doing. Because our ultimate goal here for everyone is to be able to incorporate these exercises into their life. And mm-hmm. um, obviously some things like... Palming, it can be a bit dangerous to walk down the street while it's palming. Yeah. Um, so some things you need to take a time out and do them, but certainly just exactly what you're doing, incorporating it is uh, mm-hmm. is perfect. Yeah. For everyone, I think I think that's a positive, more than uh, demotivation. But uh, yeah, for so, my so for how myself, are you doing then yeah, pretty pretty good. Um, it's I'm still sticking to my my hour a day and I'm still wow. doing my, my peripheral vision exercises and I'm still seeing small improvements uh, day by day. In particular, this week, I think only uh, yesterday, I was returning a library book and walking to the library, There's a, and it's a new library that we've got here in San Francisco. And as you walk up to it, the whole side wall has the history of the area in a... Picture. So it starts off with just bits of sand and a couple of sea urchins, <laughs> no, um, and then it, it goes to um, you know the natives, and then it gradually moves to down Bounce. down the wall where it gets. Is the summer of love in there? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've, uh, wiped that out of my memory, probably because I never had it in the first. Place. That's right. We're not allowed. <laughs> but um, so, but as always, walking past. Um, the wall and I was looking forward and whenever I walk I'm sort of doing peripheral vision exercises mm. and yes it might mean, mean that I step in uh, dog poo every now and then which, <laughs> to the amusement of everyone around me um, but uh, I try not to let that get me down I'm sure a lot of our listeners have uh, experienced that before oh, yeah. uh, but I must say I did enjoy the other day when I, I did do that and I did uh, tread in some some dog poo and the person next to me laughed obviously and I said I'm terribly sorry that I'm laughing but it is quite funny that you just it. <laughs> and of course you know but yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my head I had you laughing as well so but and of course in your head you're like oh, oh no this you know, is because of my LP and you know, I've got right, a beautiful right, vision right. and then it just snowballs right right uh, but then, about an hour or later, the same person who doesn't have RP tripped over the curb and fell over. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, there was a little bit of justification. You know, oh, I felt a little bit uh, better after that.
1: Were you able to go up and say, "I'm not laughing at you. It's just, it's just hilarious." I made him
0: stiff my shoe while they were lying on the floor. <laughs> no, I didn't really. No, I didn't really pull out. I don't like uh, laughing at people. That's uh, true. That's themselves. true. And they didn't hurt themselves. That's good. But um, but yeah, it's, it was it was funny um, that you. You know, if he had RP, then who would have been like, oh, it was my RP. Exactly, that yeah. Over. yeah. Um, anyway, completely different subject. So, but I'm walking down the road, and um, I've got this image that I've walked past several times before and not really paid attention other than with my central vision. But I was actually... This time, I was actually able to acknowledge change in a pattern or colour uh,
1: as I was walking uh.
0: straight. So I don't know if you remember before... Um, several weeks ago I talked about uh, maybe it was even the first podcast seeing sort of maybe the houses to the side and before it was just sort of an awareness that an object was there there was no real definition in colour or anything and that was house by house but now this time it was a picture different pictures Ah. and I was even able to make out different uh, colours like I could tell there was different Ah. in tone between the different pictures so I was... Uh, I've never been so happy returning a library book before. And, and start stepping in dog poop. <laughs> <time>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But, um, yeah, so that was that was a big achievement wow. uh, for me this week. Um, not yeah. stepping in dog poop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I but... think we done that on that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I hope nobody's offended by that one. Um, but it, it's one thing I do like when I do little things like that, like trip over or, yeah. you know, whatever... Um, is that it shows that i'm using my periphery yeah because we talk so much about using what's strong um sorry using what's weak and trying to rest what's strong so for me that's my central vision um and i guess for you it's resting your periphery and trying to work those particular areas i guess in your
1: yeah i'm a little more complicated yeah yeah. that way
0: um so, but I did, I almost, even though I had that achievement of seeing the, the, the different things on the wall, and I even noticed when I was on public transport the other day, I was able to count cars going past me wow. in my periphery, and at one point I was able to make out uh, the wheels on the car, wow. and at some point I was noticing different tones mm-hmm. just through it. It came to me when I was um, I was planning a blog, actually. And I was sort of um, daydreaming, staring in front of me, and then it was like all of a sudden I started picking up um, moving images by wow. the side, and, it, and I and I tried to stay in that area of the periphery, and I kn- after a while it came clear that it was cars going past, and I was able to count them. Wow. Um, but even with all that achievement, I was in a in a supermarket the other day and I was walking along and all of a sudden this person just appeared in front of me and it was the security guard I was so glad I didn't walk into him Um, but I was like oh you know how come this person just appeared all of a sudden you know I'm having these improvements with my periphery you know what's going on here is my vision getting worse you know what's going on Um, but it it made me realise that it was a positive because it it showed that I was really using my peripheral vision and where in my everyday life I don't necessarily have, because I'm not in a busy downtown area, I don't have all these people darting across me and what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously, you know, it shows that there's plenty of work still to do there. But I was pleased because it showed that I wasn't, you know, trying to overuse my central vision and try and scan where everyone is and I didn't have that stress and anxiety. Um, I was just walking around the store using my periphery and it just so happened that, you know, I didn't pick up
1: yeah, you know that,
0: that, that person worries. appearing at that time um, and of course it's still the RP um, but you just I mean I even notice you think it's you but you even notice say other people in the street they bump into people yeah all the time um, but it seems that if you have a condition yeah you tend to take it at heart a little bit more and, and a little bit more personally yeah. um, but certainly yeah some, uh, a real interesting week this week for me um, but some some good stuff great. So I think it's a good time to head over to topic of the week.
1: topic of the week this week is uh, resting and balancing your eyes as a way of improving your eyesight. Yeah, and I, you said
0: that in a really nice, um, toneful way there. I, Good. I felt very rested. Yeah, just, feel rested, Just, try. just <laughs> hearing you say that. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit more um, about the, the next part of the anatomy, which if you remember over these last, is it four weeks now, we've been doing this podcast straight after Uh, our our online webinar that we've been doing and uh, we've been trying to let you guys in on a little bit of the information that we're we're doing on that course so you can get a bit of an idea of uh, a bit more information and and how you can improve your eyesight that little bit more and we've moved from the front of the eye starting um, with the eyelids and we've moved all the way back through and last week we looked at the rods and also uh, blood flow and now this week we're going to be looking at the optic nerve and the brain. So, Richard, uh, why don't you tell us a bit more about the optic nerve?
1: And this is, of course, my favorite part of the the eye yeah. because it's the part that's atrophied on me. But... Oh, oh, you've got nerve. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so the optic nerve. Uh, let's see. Let's start at one end. Let's start at the uh, retina. So uh, the retina, as we heard, has rods and cones, which are called the photoreceptors as a category. So the the photoreceptors are actually at the bottom of the retina, they're they're furthest away from the front of the eye, uh, in the retina. And then above them there are these things called ganglion cells, and they're a a kind of nerve cell. So the photoreceptors receive the light, they have a chemical change uh, from the light, uh, and then they give off an electrical impulse that these ganglion cells pick up, and um, they translate that... uh, So the electrical signal goes down through the ganglion cells back to the optic nerve. So that's the function of the optic nerve. It's sort of like the wires of the... uh, It's the wires that carry the visual information from the photoreceptors to the brain. Uh, And the other interesting part of that is the thalamus, which is another organ... Where uh, that goes in and uh, organizes and filters the visual information, and the reason it's relevant the thalamus is so relevant is uh, the first exercise we do for the, for the optic nerve which is palming. The reason we do palming is to calm the op- optic nerve to rest the optic nerve. It does other things as well, but that's one of the main things we do do it for. And the thalamus is, is relevant to this in that the thalamus has a buildup of uh, visual information in the form of chemicals. And um, when we palm, the thalamus is able to sort of rid itself of that excess, okay. filtered out visual information. And it takes about six minutes, which is to do that process to get rid of the excess visual information.
0: So you could think of it like static in the, like TV static in the thalamus and it's all jumping around. And we sort of want to, when we palm, it allows that static to. To just steady out and then eventually yeah. dissipate, just like yeah. when you um, old school TVs. You remember when you used to turn the TV off and it would sort of shrink, it would yeah. Sh- yeah, shrink into yeah. a little uh, tiny heart. Yeah, um, so I guess it could be somewhat similar. Just head over to the eye exercise section, and uh,
1: you'll find there the palming eye exercise. The second ana- part of anatomy that uh, the eye anatomy that we covered this week in the webinar was the brain, actually, and. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's it's really something
0: that we don't think about when uh, when we talk about vision. And in fact, it's, it's an essential part of vision. And it's really where the imagery and the, and the vision takes place. Because the eye is just a sensory organ. It's just what picks up the light and the information, as Richard just said, and then sends it to the brain. And then once it's at the brain, that's when it starts to be, uh, the, the picture is, is built up, uh, just like say a, a mosaic or something. You know, all different bits of um, images are put together. Remember last week or the week previous, we talked about the macula and how uh, the whole world isn't a clear image, it's made up of, of tiny clear images from where the fovea is moving from point to point or the macula is moving from point to point, picking up more detail. And then it's the brain that puts all that information together and gives you the clear image that is the world. And it's also where once the vision comes there, we then get um, emotions added to it. For example, um, if you see, I don't know, a spider and you know, you've know you had previous negative um, emotions towards spiders... Then when you see a spider, you're going to be afraid of it. Now, that's not the eye making you afraid. It's the brain that's that's adding those emotions to it. It can also add, you know, sounds and memory. And a good example of this is if you see something that you're familiar with. Um, say you had an eye chart that was made of English letters or... Um, Chinese characters. 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 Yeah. Then you, you're more likely to understand, probably because you can't speak Chinese. Yeah. But you wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't be able to describe it as well, or well, it's. It's not something that's familiar to you. Or,
1: yeah. You or would so basically you... fail that eye test. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's this letter? Yeah. yeah. Even if you could see it, the English <laughs> letter the same size. Yeah. You yeah. can see it. Yeah.
0: So and so, so memory does uh, play a big part in that. I think it was um, a great story of the ships when the ships first right. came over from was it columbus when columbus I think landed? it was actually no it wasn't
1: columbus it was the uh conquistadors who were conquering the indians that was oh. it, that was the problem and they they didn't they didn't know to be afraid for one thing and they didn't even know what the ships were was it that they didn't they didn't see the ships they didn't see the ships because yeah. they they hadn't yeah, never even
0: seen a ship before in their life so they weren't even looking to see it so they, these people just appeared and I think for future, I'm just going to say Columbus because I can't say the word that you. Conquistadors. <laughs> <laughs> well, see,
1: Columbus didn't slaughter them. That's the that's the difference. But okay. That's okay. Right. We'll say Columbus. That's <laughs> a nicer story. <laughs> we anyway. won't go down that route. <laughs> so um, yeah,
0: so the brains a very important part of seeing. It's also what turns the world uh, the right way up. We all know that um, when the eye sends the image to the brain, it's actually upside down. And there's also studies with pilots that have worn uh, prisms that turn the world upside down and when they took the glasses off the world was upside down again right. so the brain is uh, flexible in that way but it really shows you the power of the brain and how a lot of the time you can see uh, better but you're telling yourself that you can't see that well mm. a great example was when Richard and I uh, first measured my vision a couple of years ago and uh, Richard pointed to the 2030 line and he said, okay, I now want you to read these letters out. Yeah. And I said, oh, there's no point. I've never read the 2030 line before. And he said, we'll just try. And I said, oh, I don't know, e f b N, G. And he said, okay, next line. And I was like, what do you mean next line? And he said, well, you've got that whole line right. Now move to the next line. And, um, you know, I could... I mean, to be able to read them out, obviously, I was seeing them, but I was so busy telling myself right. that I couldn't see it. Yeah. Um, that Indeed, I didn't. So there, there is the, the brain does play a big role. Now, in particular, um, we're going to be looking at dominance and how this plays an important role because the eye does favour... Uh, sorry, the brain does favour one eye. And the way it does that is, as an infant, as we grow... You, the, the brain develops more connection to one eye and favors that eye and that right. means that you can fixate quicker with it you see in general you see better uh, with that one eye and this is just a way if you think about um, back in nature and you're hunting for animals and what have you those extra couple of you know hundreds of a milliseconds could be the difference between um, you know either yeah. running away from an animal or you know being able to hunt and catch it. So this dominant eye is something that we uh, became reliant upon, and, but it was something that we used to use very naturally. But now, if you think about our modern day lives, because we're under so much stress and strain all the time, and we're really using this dominant eye uh, all day, every day, for you know, 12, 16 hours a day, and it's never getting that rest. So whereas before, say you went hunting, you would only maybe hunt, Uh, for a couple of hours or you know it it would be at short intervals whereas now we're really working that dominant eye for a vast majority of the day so what we want to do is um, an exercise called obstruction glasses or obstruction where what we do is we cover the dominant eye with either an old pair of sunglasses with a lens cut out or um, and also the the lens that's still there we cover that with tape or we uh, stick a, a small piece of paper to the bridge of the nose that covers the dominant eye. Then when you're using uh, your normal visual system, then you're actually preventing yourself from overusing that dominant eye, or resting it, and you're also allowing the brain to use that non-dominant eye to remind it that it's still there and you wanna keep it as active as possible. So you can do that if you're, to know, you're reading or. Your computer screen or whatever and you can just pop this piece of paper on and it allows you to
1: obstruct the dominant eye and then use the weaker eye or non dominant eye. You know in talking about this it just actually just occurred to me that uh, basically we have a lot of stress in our lives in our modern day lives and we really don't look at things with depth a lot of the time we're looking at a flat computer screen we're looking at a flat piece of paper. Yeah that's true. And- so how how does the brain actually create that 3D yeah, it takes the um, so each eye has a slightly different perspective, uh, just offset by well, in my case maybe three inches, and in some people's case maybe six inches. Apart. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's do a study. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, the, each eye sees a separate uh, image, and the brain then fuses those image into one three dimensional binocular image making one mega mega image mega, when fused, what we call a fused image yeah so the two images overlap perfectly and um you get this essentially it is an illusion still of depth but the brain is able to create that illusion um and and the other aspect of it is when they're overlapped like that you actually get a clearer vision a clearer image uh, overall you mm. get more detail more acuity and this is why when people do the the
0: eye exercise the beads um, that you can also see at our website, and it's also a very um, classic eye exercise that a lot of uh, vision therapists use. It's also called Brock Brock strings. Brock strings, yeah. So if you're fusing correctly, when you look at one of the beads, because you're looking at it, there should be one bead, and then either what's in the in the foreground or in the background, there should be two. And the reason why is there why there is two is because it's those two separate images from each oh, eye. Right. But the, the actual thing that you're focusing on, that single bead, is only one because that's that focal point and that's where that fusion is occurring.
1: Right. So um, what we do to improve fusion, uh, the simple exercises, and what we did on our webinar is uh, covering the dominant eye and exercising the non-dominant eye. And we did it, you can do it through uh, looking at our large and small print with your non-dominant mm-hmm. eye and doing shifting. Uh You can do it with an eye chart uh again covering the non covering your dominant eye and looking at the eye chart with your non dominant eye and shifting with that and you those two exercises can be found in our on our web center, shifting and then the third thing you can do is uh play with a tennis ball covering the dominant eye uh and a fourth thing is you can cover your dominant eye and walk around and look at things so yeah. all of those things engage the non dominant eye um, let me encourage that. Uh, as much as possible. And that will give you, as as I said earlier, clearer vision and three-dimensional vision. So those are the two benefits. Excellent. So before all our brains explode
0: from all this great information, I think it's about time we move to question of the week.
1: So the question of the week comes from an email from Europe asking... Uh, how can I deal with the red irritated eyes I get when I watch TV or work on the computer? That's a great
0: question. And it's something that a lot of people experience. And unfortunately, if, if you look this up, a lot of it is about drugs and, you know. Yeah, so. computer glasses seems to be usually yeah. the solution to all of this. So, but really, and, you know, everybody is different. And if you're experiencing something like red eyes, then you really want to, you know, sort of have your... Have yourself checked out uh, by an ophthalmologist just to make sure that it is just the eye strain that's, right, right. that's causing it um, to begin with. I know that if people wear contact lenses too long because it doesn't let as much oxygen through to the cornea, then the eye it starts to turn red as it's trying to in- increase more blood because it thinks that there's not enough oxygen getting there so um, if it's if it's from wearing to you know wearing contact lenses too long. We don't advise contact lenses anyway. We prefer glasses. because right, you cause can take them off. Take it on and off. Easily. Um, but yeah, that's, that's not necessarily the question, but it's just important to bear that in mind. But if it is something that you're noticing that your eyes are fine and you start watching TV and they start getting dry and itchy and a little bit sore as you watch the TV,
1: then um, certainly there's a few things that you're going to want to do to help improve that I mean first of all you might want to check whether you're blinking at all because when people watch TV and work on the computer often they stare and don't blink Yeah, so that's one thing you can do you
0: can check out I have no idea what episode it is uh, previous episodes to this we talk about blinking probably the third or fourth yes I think um, it's the third episode Yeah, where we talk about um, how blinking is so essential and how it stops the eye from being dry and obviously that's such an essential part of the visual system is to keep that lens moist Uh, Sorry, the cornea moist. So, um, blinking is really important to help prevent those dry eyes, and also the irritation because the water is wash. It's washing the eye. You know, if you're not blinking and you're staring, then it's going to increase that irritation. And right, I don't know. Even any particles in the air. I mean, if you're not blinking, you're not cleaning that. You're not cleaning the cornea at all. Right.
1: I think the second factor we would bring in is is what we discussed earlier today is palming mm-hmm. and obviously we would recommend palming after this kind of experience but i think we would also recommend palming before yeah if, if you remember last
0: week i talked about how i didn't do my eye exercises for a few days and i felt that strain and uh, i can luckily report that i worked really hard this last week with my exercises oh. and now i don't have that strain, okay. um so i'm pleased about that but it did take me a while to catch up so certainly prevention is better than cure Um, in this case and and by regularly palming every day not only are you helping to overcome the strain that you've put on the eye but you're also helping it out
1: in preventing uh, the eye strain give it a little bit of leeway and the the last part of this question I forgot to say was that the person said is there any solution other than not doing this activity because obviously (laughs) they were very attached to the activity and maybe that's our third solution is taking breaks from the activity, which is the hard, one of the hardest things to do in some ways. Yeah, and definitely incorporating the eye exercises. So,
0: um, a great example we just talked about obstructing one eye. Right. So the individual, you know, might even find that the the, the sore eyes could even be the dominant eye that they're right, overworking. Yeah. So, but even if it's not, um, you know, doing things like obstruction, um, you can do the Melissa eye exercise to stick a piece of paper down the center of your Face, Or you could just, you know, if you're watching a, a TV program and there's commercials, just palm yeah. for three yeah. minutes during a the point. commercial. Or hey, you talk. just made a good reason for commercials, didn't you? It's that they're really obnoxious to yeah. listen to as well. Or t- turn the volume down. Yeah, there you go. And then you just ignore them completely, which <laughs> is what they're worth. Maybe eye strain's come up since the TiVo was invented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no breaks. Um, and just things like, you know, looking out the window, looking into the distance, um, turn away from the screen and blink 200 times. You know, the, all the exercises that we're going through, you can try and incorporate them while you're watching TV or using the computer to help reduce that eye strain. And you should see a reduction in the redness as well. Yeah, that should Uh happen. One final thing. Uh, i just thought of is you can always if the redness does occur just to lie down with a cold towel oh yeah um, just get like a cold face cloth and run it under the tap for a couple of minutes or uh, get it wet and put it in the freezer for a couple of minutes not too cold and then just rest it over the eyes and it would help take down some inflammation very good um, yeah um and help you know take some of the soreness away but really that's that's sort of now in the beginning you you shouldn't be at a point where your eyes would be that strained, whether that right. sore and itchy, you know, and, and itchy and redness. You really shouldn't allow your eyes to get to that point. Right. And it might not even be the computer; it might be what you're doing ten hours before right. the computer. You know, right. what sort of stressful things are you doing? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a it's quite a tough one to answer, really, because it's plenty of broad uh, questions there. But well, I think we did a pretty good job, yeah, addressing that. So I hope you enjoyed all the great information uh, that we had this week. Next week we're going to be looking at how you can incorporate um, a lot of these exercises into your lifestyle and also maybe looking at writing a program for yourself which is very important and we'll explain a little bit more about that. You can also find uh, all these other podcasts either on iTunes or on our website website can head over to our brand spanking new looking website actually yes. i can't believe we didn't even talk about that oh that's right and let's sort of, been going on <laughs> it's, it's, we'll talk about that in a couple of episodes but um you can head over there and head over to the blog section and you will find all our podcasts and all our personal blogs that richard and i do you can also get your hands on a fantastic free ebook that we have on our website called a modern day guide for improving eyesight And a lot of the material that we're going through now is covered inside that book. So certainly uh, check that out and uh, get reading up. And let's start getting on a path of improving our eyesight. Great. So I hope you have good luck this week with your eye exercises and happy healing.
1: And have a good week.